You learn about stuff. You learn about contracts. You learn about you know asking for money up front or being careful how deep you get into a particular client. How how much how deep you know financially you get in. If all of a sudden this client's owing me, you know, job after job after job after job, and then checks aren't coming in, but they still keep asking me, "Oh, can you do this job next week and this job next week?" I'm like, "Well, wait a minute now. You guys haven't paid me for the first five jobs. What's going on here?" When you're young, you don't think about that. All you see is they're calling me back. That's another job. It's another shoot. I have to do it. I have to you know. I can't say no. Welcome to Pictures Up, the podcast where we discuss careers in filmmaking. Today, I'm interviewing Joe Piscitelli, who's a member of the SOC, or Society of Camera Operators. That's a professional organization for people who do camera work. Joe runs a production company in Chicago, Illinois, and he focuses primarily in corporate industrial work, somewhat similar to what Pathfinder Films does in Chattanooga. So if you remember my interview with Leif Ramsey, uh, this is a little bit in that same vein. Man, I wish I had 10% of Joe's energy. He's got plenty of energy to spare, and he's got lots of insight to share. So let's go ahead and dive in. So, uh, Joe... How yes. do you pronounce your last name? Pishatelli. Pishatelli. Yeah, you want me to spell it for you too? I don't know if you uh, have sure. all my info. I, yeah, I. Uh, well, I'll have a release if that's okay. Yeah, Maybe no, I can I'll get sign that sign. for you. Okay. But yeah, it's spelled uh, yeah, P as in Paul, I S C I T E L L I. Pishatelli. Okay, good. Stephen so, got it right. I think. There you go. I think he. Yeah. I ho- hopefully he did. Yeah. Hopefully he did. You mentioned you went to film school. I did. Where did where did where did that happen? At? So. I grew up, like I told you before we started recording, just a few miles from here. Okay. Um, back in high school, our school, York High School in Elmhurst, had um, a film video, more video production course. Took it, elective type of thing. Had a lot of fun, had a few buddies in it. And little did I know or was aware of, I had a knack for it. My teacher saw that. Um, again, just had a blast and said, hey, you know what? I know a few folks uh, locally here that do some production and some people that had the um, contacts with the local cable television studio. Being not even 16 years old, I didn't have my driver's license, but he connected me with those people. And I, I know that after school and on weekends, my mom would take me before I got my license to, if you want to say intern, you know, no pay, yeah, uh, just to hang out and see what things were like and maybe run a, a camera on a wide shot in the studio or help the other, the older guys out or the college kids that were there on real internships. Did that again through high school. I would say by the time I was a senior, uh, I was already out there actively freelancing, um, working for, you know, smaller mom and pop production companies in the area, maybe getting on a few commercials. So freelance, what, what specifically were you doing freelancing? Like what kind of work? Back then, a lot of the work you would get, especially being in high school, I mean, most of the work that you would get, depending on who you're working for, a lot of it would be a production assistant type of role. Okay. But um, my passion definitely was, you know, camera work, you know, looking, I already kind of felt like I was going toward the road, down the road of being a videographer, cinematographer. And I also really had an interest in lighting. So okay. being a lighting cameraman, yeah. that's really what I wanted to do. When those opportunities came up or when you've had the right job or, you know, you, you, you worked for somebody a handful of times and they got to know you and trust you. Again, even in high school, I was being asked uh, for sometimes, you know, no pay or low pay to actually I could run a camera or, you know, be be the, the videographer on a shoot or, me, or maybe one of multiple videographers or camera operators in a studio. But already do, doing that before I was even out of high school. I graduated in 88 from okay. New York High School. Uh, but then, yeah, right before graduation, I had to figure out, you know, this is, this is something I really, I really love to do. I have a passion for it. I've been doing it now for a few years. I'm making some money doing this. I, I really think this is what I want to do. Where do I go to school? Do, so, I, do I go to L.A.? Yeah. Do, or where do I go? Yeah. Um, I think because I was one of the first in my family to go to school. And um, also financially. And then, of course, just talking to a lot of the older girls and guys that I was meeting who were currently going to school here in Chicago or recently graduated uh, Columbia College in Chicago, especially if you're from this area. Many, many, many people know 
Columbia College. Yeah, it's a it's a, a well-known mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Yeah, and I've heard, now it's been many, many, many years since I've been back there, or really talked to anybody who's even currently got out of that program, but every once in a while when I catch something here or there, I, I hear that things have really improved. Okay. I just know back then... I wasn't really impressed. <laughs> okay. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, it was it was old building, antiquated equipment, hard to get your hands on stuff. But hey, it was school. It was college. It was local. I was able to commute. I was still able to live at home, freelance while going to school. Okay. So still making some money. And then the good thing too about going to that school, at least they had some connections, and I was then able to get some of my first big internships while I was at Columbia. And I worked on a few movies and commercials, um, TV shows while going to Columbia and got credit for it. Now so, that was probably the best thing I got out of it. Uh, what was the technology of the era? Like uh, um, three quarter inch, beta yeah, cam, so 35 millimeter. I had a lot of friends who went for television. I went for, for film or film and television. So if you went just for television, it was purely just, it was all electronic. You didn't touch sure. motion pictures. Just video cameras, Correct. Tu- tube cameras Correct. probably. Correct. Yeah. When I went there, when you finally got into the classes where you had equipment and actually shot it was a lot of hand crank you know 16 millimeter bolex cameras okay, which yep. was a lot of fun yep. to learn and expose film and cut mm-hmm. film and that was that was great that was really my first experience doing that and, absolutely uh, it was cement. really really cool yeah. absolutely but then of course there were some classes just because of the way it worked where we were using some of the uh, the video equipment they had at the time and yes it was uh, i believe we we did have some industrial CCD cameras, some Sony industrial okay, CCDs, yep. not broadcast, but they were at least industrial level CCD cameras mm-hmm. with you know, exactly U-Matic or three quarter inch videotape. Yeah. And that's what we did. The good thing for me was I already had experience with that for several years because uh, the clients that I was working with outside of Columbia, we already, in a sense, were at three quarter inch or beyond it. Back then, uh, that's when Betacam and mm-hmm. Betacam SP was really the hot broadcast format. Um, M2 by Panasonic, yep. even uh, like Hi8 or DVCam yes. or DVC Pro when those yeah, came in the out. 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen all of that stuff. But yeah, but at Columbia, it was 16 millimeter film, some color, some black and white, a little bit of video. And again, okay. it was it was it was old gear, and like I said, it was it was hard to get, it was beat up, it was rough, and that was another great thing, uh, an advantage I had about already having s- so many, if you want to say, contacts and my my foot in the door with so many places out here, you know, that I was freelancing for, where many times I was able to reach out to those contacts and say, hey, I'm working on a project, you know, one of my projects for school, and uh, can I borrow the your company's beta cam for the weekend and go shoot something? So of course I had my hands, my you know, access to much much better equipment than what I could check out at the cage, you know, from from school. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't want to derail you on your career though. So you went to Columbia, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you you did get something from that experience, at least from the internships and various things. So what? Where did you head after you finished there? Getting out of Columbia, I was actively, you know, freelancing here in the Chicagoland area. I uh, did not own any equipment yet. Was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, uh, where I was going to go. Was I going to get to uh, Los Angeles? Thinking going out there. Um, but the one good thing I got from Columbia was some of these contacts. While I was at Columbia, I was fortunate enough to have a full-time internship on Home Alone 2, uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin. And again, some of those some of those work experiences, again, those internships. And that's something I push to a lot of the younger folks that I talk to as well. I'm like, if you can get, get your hands on some internships, whether yeah. they're paid or not paid, I think they're very valuable. Um, I have a lot of great memories and, and things like that. Uh, from some of the internships I got back in the day from going to school there, going to Columbia. Like I said, I worked on Home Alone 2. I worked on uh, a full season, the first season of the Untouchables television series. Um, Worked on a bunch of commercials. What, uh, you know, there are a variety of different uh, ways that people ascend the pyramid. If you think of Mm -hmm. the film industry as a pyramid or or maybe there are multiple pyramids but you know sometimes people are moving up the camera route you know mm-hmm. in camera departments yeah. like were you were you working as an ac or as a pa or 
What were you doing on on the project? On some of those, uh, mm-hmm. on my internships? Yes. Most of the internships when you go in are typically production assistant, okay. uh, office assistant, you know, intern type of jobs. Yeah. Um, but again, a very lucky for me um, by being vocal or maybe wearing you know my Panavision or Airy t-shirts <laughs> to work mm-hmm. or to my job. Yeah. And of course, talking and getting to know people when you're there. For, let's say you know five days a week. They find out what you like to do, what your interests are. So uh, luckily, uh, on almost all those experiences, um, eventually I was asked or invited to to come and visit the set uh, more or depending on what, or to to maybe hang out for a day or a week with the camera department, which was really, really cool, because, of course, when I originally signed up and was accepted for those internships, um, you know, again, it was not to be, you know, in the camera department full time. Sure. Yeah. And I find that definitely people will tell you, don't, if you, if you're a, a PA or a newbie on set, don't say things like, well, I, what I really want to do is direct or what I really want to mm-hmm. do is act. But outside of that, it's generally okay. Like if you, if you, if you in a tactful way say that you, you're trying to work your way up in the camera department or G and E or sound or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, people are oftentimes receptive to helping you, uh, you know, gravitate up one way or another a little bit. If, if you're talking about those kinds of things. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, definitely you, you have to promote yourself. Yeah. You know, um, I think, you know, be vocal, but you know, don't, don't be a pest. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. uh, and like you said, if, if you're going to talk, you make sure you don't say the wrong thing at the wrong time. I always hear stories of of shoots where, you know, again, there's the young PA on the set who happens to be a very uh, energetic young man, woman, uh, very vocal. And then, of course, you know, maybe something's not going right that day. And then maybe whether they know it or not, but in front of the wrong person or maybe the client, they're like, well, what I would have done is this or why don't we do that? Not 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 the right time and place to say that kind of stuff. You know, whether yeah. whether you whether you have the answer or not sometimes it's best just to you know you need to stay within your ranks yeah and and you know or if you if you need to say something you know stay in your lane exactly stay in your lane you know things like that for sure yeah well you know one of the common threads that i've heard from talking to a lot of people is situational awareness Mm -hmm. is very important absolutely knowing when it's the right time to say something versus when it's not the right time to say something. Correct, correct. I, I'm trying to think of experiences myself, um, but I can tell you a very quick story. Sure. Um, this was back about, gosh, 18 years or, 18 years or so, roughly 2000, 2001, um, when I was really doing a lot of reality shows, um, you know, these TV dating reality shows. Yeah. I won't name any names, but I was working on a lot of those and traveling all over the country. And uh, it was great, though. It was a fantastic opportunity. Very hard work, long days. And this was like the the infancy of a lot of these dating shows. Or uh, I also worked on the infancy of a lot of these early, um, you know, what now are these super popular shows that you see on Food Network, all these cooking reality shows. I worked on this stuff, you know, like I said, 15, 20 years ago when they were first starting out. And uh, it was cool. Great experiences. Got to travel, like I said, but long, hard days. But so here's here's my one thing about saying in situational awareness the dp for one of these reality shows that i was working on older than me definitely you know an experienced guy great guy and but man we we always joke and again i won't say his name but this guy for those who knew him um this guy could as you you heard just he could sell you know, sell ice to Eskimos or, you know, sell, sell a, a ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. I mean, this guy <laughs> was a salesman. And, but here's, here's what's so great, what he could do. I mean, we could be on set that day and literally everything could be going wrong. I mean, just you name it. This guy had a way of just staying so calm and saying the right thing to the right people. And we were able to get through it. Whether, even whether he could fix it or not, 
And even if he gave them a line of BS or something, let's say there was a whole bunch of wireless microphone issues and stuff like that, maybe, and whatever it was, and this guy would just come up with some cockamamie, oh, yeah, it's a solar flare and uh, something, you know, the alignment of the cosmos uh, today, I read uh, some angle of the sun is causing this. But you know what? If we give it 15 minutes or so and maybe we reset everything, it should be fine. You know, meantime, maybe we're all scrambling you know, behind the scenes trying to fix this stuff. But man, this guy, this guy could sell this. He, he just, he just, he didn't panic. He didn't blame the equipment. He didn't blame because somebody wanted to save a buck and use a cheaper piece of gear. Or we only had, you know, two when we needed five, whatever it was. He just knew how to stay calm and sell it. Say the right thing to the right person. That's, that's the problem. You know, when you say the, the wrong thing to the yeah. wrong guy and you really could just, just, just like you said, damage. And he wasn't throwing anybody under the bus. No, no, you know? no, not at all. Exactly, exactly. Some of my buddies who were there at the time, you know, we 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 bring that story up from time to time, just to really show, especially some of the younger people coming up in the industry as well. About again, this that that set etiquette and like you said, just you know, knowing what to say and who to say it to. That's important. Yeah. It's, it's cust- you know, seriously, it's, you, you always heard it's about, it's not just what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I do think that's true. And I think that's true in many, many businesses, um, including our business. Uh, but one thing that I've really been trying to focus on, especially in the last few years, it's not just doing great work, which I think I do. But it's building and taking care of the relationships with my clients Mm -hmm. and stuff. To me, I think that is what will keep building success for me or anyone in the future who continues to do that. You could be very good at what you do. You could be very, very good. Mm -hmm. But if people don't like you uh, or if you are not a good people person or you cannot go out and keep nurturing those relationships it's about people it's mm-hmm. not just what you do you could light shoot edit write whatever you could be great but if, if you can't communicate and be a good people person and have them like you and want to work with you and continue to work with you and you want to work with them if you can't show that somehow get that out there then no i i i think eventually yeah you 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 will you you can you only go so far yeah. up up the ladder talent or quality of work like that is something that people expect but mm-hmm. but people have a feeling when they think about working with a person mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. they remember how working with the person in the past made them feel correct and i think the quality of the work factors in at some level there but more more than anything they just sort of feel like whether or well, not they would want to work with that correct and again. you know and you'll see that too and that and that's what i think over the years and i mean and it's it's true for me there are many times I will get work and beat someone else for a job just because of the relationship I have with that person. They might be willing to spend more money on me, whether my rate might be higher or maybe um, they might have to travel me somewhere. There's always someone out there who's as good or better than you. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I do believe that. But it is like you just said. It's it's skill has to already somewhat be there. You have to be at certain levels, I think, to yeah. get certain jobs. But there are times when I will beat someone else out for a job when it might even cost, like I said, the client more money because we have that relationship. Yeah. But also, it goes the other way around too, where many times I will lose the job to someone else because I, even though I might be just as skilled, maybe even a little bit better skilled, I might be more. I don't want to say, let's say more economical. Maybe I'm local. I can, I can throw in a few extra things, but you know what? If they have a relationship with someone else, right. like you said, and the way they, that person makes them feel, they click because you know, they, they, they work with that guy for five years. They don't know me. I'll lose those jobs. It, and that, that honestly, that happens regularly, hmm. you know, yeah. where, you know, again, you get some jobs, you don't get some jobs just because of that. And that's why I said, especially these last three, four, five years, that's what I've been really preaching to people. Um, You know, another crew that work with me regularly, I'm like, guys, you know, 
we get work because we're very experienced and we're passionate. We love what we do and we're good at it. But there are a lot of other people too that are very good and passionate about what they do. We need, or at least I feel the way to kind of keep it going or take it to the next level is. And this is what I've seen by watching other people who are successful in business, not just film and TV, but just in business. It's about the relationship with them and their client. You know, it's made me reflect on some of the stories that I've heard where money is a part of the equation when you're bidding on a project, Mm -hmm. but it's not oftentimes Mm -hmm. it's not the most important thing. Um, Correct. uh, And, you know, I've heard stories where people uh, have been, you know, people will fly somebody in Mm -hmm. to work with that person and that costs money, you know, because they have to fly them in and Mm -hmm. put them up. But sometimes, you know, if the production if 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 the right people in production see it as being important, mm-hmm. things things happen, you know, mm-hmm. and and the money's there for the thing that, things that production wants to see happen generally. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so, yeah. Anyway, these are exactly the kinds of things that I think people in school and young people don't like haven't heard as much, you know. And I've been doing this now for about thirty two years. I, I consider myself to be very very fortunate that I have made a, a nice living for myself. And I've been able to support myself and my family and have a business yeah. um, for thirty for thirty two years. Okay, I, I'm very proud. I'm very happy, and I hope I can continue to do this until I decide to not do it anymore and retire. You um, don't you don't look old enough to have been I, doing something for uh, thirty two. Thank you, years. thank you. <laughs> um, so my my side story is this. So of course, yes. You know, we all start somewhere, and you know, you want to be a sponge and, and soak up as much knowledge as you can and ask questions. And it's, it's great. And especially if you are fortunate enough to be with others and they see that spark in your eye and they see that passion and they want to teach you, take you under their wing. Um, it's so cool you yeah. know, to learn. Um, for me, most of what I do, I am usually the man in charge of the crew. I mean, sure. I'm not the client. Sure. But if yeah. it's myself or if I have two, five, six, eight, 10, 12, 15 people on the crew, more often than not, they're underneath me. I am in charge sure. of them, you know, as the DP or the cameraman, or usually they're subcontractors of mine. So, you know, so I'm, I'm running that show. But you know what? I, I miss every once in a while, I miss, I wish that. I could pick up more work where I can because I know they're out there. I know, like I said moments ago, there's there's always someone, always someone who's going to know more than you. Sure. Yeah. And I know that. Yeah. I wish, though, I could go out from time to time and get on some shoots, whether it be for a day or more, to... To get on, a, you know, to get on some shoots, to be somewhere in position on that crew where I could then look up to um, a camera operator or a DP. You want to be here. back in the infantry? Yes, so <laughs> I could be the guy where the weight is not all on my shoulders that day, yeah. and I can just be do my position, do my job, but observe yeah. more, ask questions. Just, you know, take it all in, see, look, just absorb everything and learn. Yeah. But again, you know, you, you take those, those paths, the forks in the road, the type of work you do, the clients you work for, you know, 99% of what I do, they're my clients. It's my shoot. I am, you know, usually the top crew person on that crew. So I have to do my job and do do a good job at it. Yeah. But I'm also worried about what everyone else is doing that day and making making my client happy. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility. But I wish sometimes that I could be the guy stepping back a little bit, maybe snapping a couple photos on my cell phone for social media, which I'm trying to get better at this year. Uh, I have, um, and ask some questions. But uh, it's it's amazing how little time I actually have for that. You know, when you have so many other things going on throughout the day. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback when you're a low member of mm-hmm. the crew. Sure. Wait until you're uh, on the field and have that ball in your hand. Correct. And everybody's trying to tackle you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different situation. But um, so you mentioned uh, 30 years and 99% of the work that you do and so on. Maybe this is a good moment to sort of break down, uh, 
you know, what it is that, that you do and what, what services you provide and what a typical day looks like for you. So back in 94, when I was just purely freelancing, still living at home, I was fortunate enough to apply and get accepted to do uh, an internship at Panavision okay. in Los Angeles. Okay. And this is a three-month, full-time, six days a week, six days a week at Panavision for three months non-paid. And luckily enough for me, I had family on my father's side out all over Los Angeles, so I had a place to stay. All I had to do was rent a car. It was fantastic. Um, after the three months, I really thought I was going to move out there. Um, I already had my California driver's license. I mean, I was going to go. But the three months ended, and I had to get home eventually. So I get home. The next day, the next day, the phone rings. And it's one of my regular freelance clients I work for here in Chicago and say, hey, um, Joe, we have this great uh opportunity for you this this shoot it's gonna be very boring but uh we need two weeks of this corporate uh training videotaped um broadcast quality uh you know the works blah 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 so anyway um that to me was that next you know door opening where it allowed me to go and I bought my first Betacam camera, my first, you know, my first television package. Yeah. Um, was it Betacam SP? Betacam SP. This was, like, so this was uh, the summer of 94. So yeah. I'm living at home, bought my first Betacam package and trying to, you know, piece a package together. And I went out and did that shoot. And then uh, within a few weeks, I... That's like a $50,000 investment. Yes. And yeah. all I could get was the camera. Yeah, I still had to go even for that shoot I did. I had to go beg, borrow, steal, rent uh, a tripod, okay, a power supply, uh, <laughs> a wireless microphone, things yeah. I needed. Because again, I, I I only had the camera. Uh, it was it was amazing and the recorder, right? It was camped. It was a modular camera uh, and recorder. Uh, actually, yeah, the first one that I owned. So it sounds like you're familiar with the beta cams. I am. Uh, this was not a one piece. My first one piece was a BVW 400. Okay. Uh, yeah. But this was this was a dockable. Uh, I can't think of the first uh, uh, head that I had. I know the back was a BVV5, which I was so proud yeah. of. It was, you know, it was it was this awesome beta cam. I think um, kids these days have a hard time appreciating just how much this equipment costs. Oh my gosh! And then of course, you know the quality you're talking this is four by three aspect ratio you know maybe 500 lines of resolution at, at best yeah. and uh you know uh, interlaced 30 yeah, frames batteries yeah. that only lasted you know maybe uh, an hour or so here and there and took forever to charge and everything was just so heavy you know yes. the versus what it weighs now but um but that summer so I, I i bought bought the beta cam i i started my business um broadcast production services uh, I incorporated, I got business insurance, uh, an accountant, and just started going. The whole deal. The whole deal. Yeah. And and then from there, that's when I started to just, like you said, you know, work it and let everybody know that I had this equipment. And then just, you know, one thing, one door would open from next to next to next. And then just kept freelancing and going and going and going. But then... I just kind of noticed that my film contacts were starting to fade and maybe that thought or hope of moving out west was also yeah. starting to be now in the rearview mirror because I was starting to get more and more work and making money and being successful with my own equipment and being, you know, being the DP. You know, I'm yeah. I'm the man on the shoot. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm running the show, and you know, I'm not scraping. You're not a PA. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a PA anymore. I'm not scraping, you know, FedEx labels off of flight cases, and or going to get coffee, and and getting the producers, you know, laundry from the cleaners, and all these things we used to do. Uh, this was really really cool. Um, but uh, and, th and of course, this is back in the day too, when uh, you know, there were I I just think that especially in the corporate world too and, and, and broadcast uh, I, I just think I think money was more easily spent mm. um, especially in the Chicagoland area us being so uh, there's so many corporate type clients around here I mean they would pay to just fly us all over the place mm. to go shoot their corporate stuff and there were times when we would jump on an airplane at six o'clock in the morning 
with a small crew of three to four people here in Chicago, fly down to Atlanta, maybe go do a corporate talking head interview and shoot some B-roll for a few hours and then be on the five, six o'clock flight home. Oh, wow. It'd be a long day, but they would spend money doing that. Yeah. You know, or doing some of this, these, these corporate uh, retreats and meetings, or they would fly us to Miami. We'd go out on a cruise ship for a week. Huh. Um, and, and, and just, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, just some of the, the budgets that they had for some of this stuff. So much of that stuff, though, I think is now that the guys that I talk to, that's gone. And, yeah. a, and a lot of these um, big corporations that make their homes here in Chicago, um, it's so sad because so many of them now, all the studios or internal communications departments they had with these, you know, equipment and studios and staff, it's all gone. Really? Yeah, everything everything now is is either is either gone, dried up, or they're running on 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 skeleton. So who's crew. doing the work? Or they're just not doing that work? Uh, either anymore? they're not, or or it's it is it's it's outsourced now. It's all it's okay. all freelance. Which again, you know, that's what I do. I, I get some of that work, but you know, again, it's when you when you it's it's really sad when you you make friends, you build contacts at you know at all these places, and then you know one by one by one. They all close down. Oh, I see. So your contacts with the companies mm-hmm. they go were away. getting let go uh, they because let go. they were phasing out that part of what they Correct. were doing. Correct. Right. Yeah. At the time, did you realize exactly how how much that fork in the road was going to have momentum? No, I, I think... At the time, it, it was it was just something where you're still you're still you're still young. I was like I said, 24, 25, and doors were opening pretty fast. It was great, um, you know, traveling, working for all these high end corporate clients, working for uh, reality shows, a lot of daytime talk shows. I don't, don't know if you want me to mention names, but um, shooting news, shooting sports, you know, for the sport networks, um, the cable TV networks, you know, Fox, CNN, uh, you know, 24, 25 years old. It was it was crazy. Um, and fun. Yeah, probably. it was fun. Yeah. yeah. And you're learning and you're traveling and you're making money. And uh, it was it was it was great. And you're young, you're energetic. You, know, you have the energy to burn, to go, go, yep. go. And you have a camera on your shoulder. And you're going. Feels good. Yeah. And you're yeah. going. Um, but then um, what happens, of course, you know, just over time, I met my wife and then you get married and then you buy a house and then you have children and Yes, you're, if you're a business owner, and especially like myself, um, with the equipment, uh, the equipment changes, technology, money, everything costs money. Financial reality. Financial reality. There you go. Yeah. And then, of course, you know the roots are growing deeper, and then that is what has kept me here for now. You know, since like I said, for forever. I, I've never made that move. Yeah. Uh, out west, I'm not saying the grass is always greener. I do sometimes wonder what things would have been like if I would have back at 24-ish to have gone out there and, and, and took that path. Where where would I be now? Yeah. Uh, I can only say, obviously, what, you know, what I've done here. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm happy. Uh, and, of course, I think most, most husbands and fathers hopefully would say that, too. Yeah. Uh, not only, you know, has my business been successful, and I've been very fortunate, like I said. I mean, I'm one of the few guys I know that can go back, you know, not only to college, but even pre-college, you know, to high school days. This is my, this was one of my first interests. This is my, my love, my passion. And I get to make money doing this and make a decent career. I, I, I love what I do. But also, you know, now I have, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, our dog, our home, you know, all the experiences that I have. Yeah, you wouldn't change that for the world. A little earlier, you talked about sort of the changes uh, in the corporate environment mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, but you're still making a good living. Do you mm-hmm. feel like, what do you, you know, it's so interesting when your career spans a, a good period of time. It's hard to look back and compare then for you to now for kids your age mm-hmm. or you, the, you, the, you know back when you were their age I guess yeah. what I'm saying do you feel like that uh, corporate industrial video for lack of a better word uh, is that still a place where there's a lot of opportunity or do you feel like that's sort of uh, on the decline I think there will always be room for people who have skill and are also very passionate about what they do. I like to use the expression, you know, the cream will always rise to the top. Sure. Uh, I think if you are good, but you're also, you know, 
compassionate, aggressive, never give up. I believe there's always going to be room for those people. Yeah. Uh, but I also believe that a few things that have hurt our business um, in a way, and this is for good and for bad, technology, I, I can't believe now how phenomenal the equipment has, gone, has gotten in 30 years and also how economical some of it is. It's yeah. amazing. And again, that, is, that has both helped and hurt my business and you know friends you know colleagues you know that I, that I, I associate with you know we it, again technology has hurt, helped and hurt us yeah um and i think just just overall the 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 economy you know itself um there are some some businesses um you know corporate news you know reality sports i mean again i think it kind of comes and goes it also depends on your market yeah where where are you again are you in new york chicago la yeah where are you trying to find work what are you trying to find to do yeah Yeah. um if you know if you want to you know if you want to shoot you want to edit you want to write you know what do you want to do um do you want are you looking for a full-time position somewhere at a network, a production company, you know, TV station, uh, or are are you looking to be um, a business owner, you know, independent? Right. Right. You know, what 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 do you what do you want to do, and, and yeah. where where at? Of course, there's certain parts of the country. There's going to be a lot more work than other parts of the country. However, yeah. those parts of the country where there's more work, there are also more people looking for that work. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. There you go. Yeah. You know, you always hear about the story of, you know, some of the smaller, smaller parts, you know, towns, uh, cities in the United States where, you know, one or two guys, they kind of, they run the whole town as far as, you know, let's say, you know, for, for, let's say film and video production, yeah. you know, you go to some of these smaller cities. We know a guy, buddy of mine tells me a story about, um, let's say, you know, in like, uh, in the Roswell you know, uh, area, you know, New Mexico. Sure. There's from what I've heard, I've never met him, but I know he exists. There's like one guy out there that this every, anytime they're coming in and need, uh, production services in the Roswell area, they go to this guy okay. and this guy got, has the market cornered. But cause again, it's just, you know, it's a small town and you know, just right. one, of, one of those things. Crazy. Right. So at some level, what I hear you saying, uh, you didn't say these words, but a, a rising tide uh, lifts all ships. And okay. when, cor- the, when corporate America in a particular town or whatever is doing well, there's more opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I also hear you saying, like, uh, for the people who are in it to win it, there's 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 something to win. You know, there's there's something over there's there are opportunities. Yes, out there. I get this. I mean, I get that yeah. question a lot from. I mean, my name is out there, so uh, people do find me. I, I am, you know, and they ask the same kind of questions. Sure. You know, what's what's out there for me? What's going yeah. on? What type of work? Should I move? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I have to say that lately, the the film and episodic television, you know, part in Chicago lately has gotten really good. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of movies and TV shows being shot here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, again, I'm not much of a part of that anymore uh, because of where I focus, you know, my services in the industry. Um, but, you know, there, there's where, let's say 20 years ago, I don't think that was the case. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot more work here for in film and television. Uh, but again, I, I do more, you know, I'm, I, I work on more of, of the video side, the TV side. You know, again, I do a lot of corporate work. I shoot a lot of news, documentary, reality, you know, medical, industrial, corporate type of, t- type of work. Um, there's a lot of that here too. Yeah. Which is good. And then of course, like I said, you know, uh, with clients and if the clients are willing and uh, the budgets are there, they'll travel you as well. Yeah, and they'll 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 take you. The work the work is there. Skill, passion, relationships. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't think you're going to be Spielberg overnight. <laughs> you know, like no. you said. Yeah. yeah. This is a quote um, that I I always. Um, I as a matter of fact, I I just told somebody this the other day. Uh, and uh, do you know who Ray Kroc is? Yeah. Sure. So, you know, yeah. The, the founder. The founder. Movie. Of the yeah. franchise. You know, of McDonald's. Yeah. Um, you know, who took it to its, its success. Right. So, and this, this is a great quote that, that Ray Kroc said, when you're green, you're growing. 
And when you ripe, you rot. Right. And I, I like that. I, I really yeah. do. It means you, you, you just, you just keep going out there, you know, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Because once you think, you know, you've achieved and you, you've, you, you know, it all, you're, you're where you think you're going to be. And this big ripe tomato. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, then you'll, then you'll rot away. That's interesting. So, so stay green. Stay, stay green. Stay green. Yeah. Stay humble. Yeah. There's a series of documentaries called the Up series. Uh, the first one was back in the 60s, I think, and they profiled a group of seven-year-old kids, and then they've come back every seven years since. And I think um, 56, maybe they've gone on to um, the next one. But uh, So there's been a film released every, every seven years. It was done in Britain. Mm-hmm. So they're all English in English folks. And it's very interesting. Like if you're interested in like career and career direction, mm-hmm. it's a, or just life and life direction, you know, these people, they go to school, they get married, they get jobs, they move all over the world, you know, mm-hmm. to Australia and the United States and other parts of England and, uh, you know, encounter crisis and success and all these different kinds of things. And uh, it's just super fascinating to see sort of like in, in sort of time-lapse fashion, if you watch the most recently released films, how these people's careers have unfolded and developed in their personalities. You know, you talked about being green or being ripe and mm-hmm. whatever. And I think uh, it's really actually very inspiring. One of the, a couple of the things at least that I took from the film is that life will bring you difficult things, but at a certain level things also work out too mm-hmm. like they find they find a way of working out yeah yeah you know i think what's 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 the saying you know uh i guess uh if, if it doesn't kill you <laughs> yes you yeah know? what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger it makes you stronger absolutely yeah. that's that that's so true um that one and 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 something that you know here, so here's here's two more, um, and these are these are personal ones. Um, yeah, like my, you know, my my mother always has told me, you know, my mother, it, it, you know, Joe, Joey, it'll 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 work out. It 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 seems to always work out. You know, so she's trying to make me feel better, especially in times when I'm very stressed about you know work or upcoming work or a job that might have me very stressed. Uh, and then there's one too that my wife Kathy, um, she just she said this to me about a year ago. There, I think there was a shoot that was coming up uh, and it was just causing me a lot of stress yeah. for whatever reasons. Yeah. Um, and I think she just looked at me and she said, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> Meaning like, what the hell are you worried about, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've been doing this too long. You know, um, you, you got this type of thing. Yeah. And then I'll, g- I'll give you another one too. I, I, Again, I won't name names, um, but about two years ago, I met these producers, independent um, documentary producers uh, from the South, and I ended up working for them a couple days here in the Chicagoland area, and because we really hit it off and they liked me and my crew so much and saw not only that we had skill and passion, but they also, again, they could have hired a local, but they asked us, hey, would you be willing to come down to Kansas City? And, okay. and do another one of these days with us because you guys are, you know, proximity not super far. Would you be willing to do it? Anyway, yeah. th- great guys. Um, but talking to them, same thing. Uh, one of the things they told me too when uh, I guess they were on a shoot years and years ago and I think there was a young associate producer things were going wrong the sky was falling down and she was just really really in a panic and then she goes she goes up to him and she's just you know almost in tears because all these things were just not not going right and i think he just he he told me he looks at her and says it's okay you know you know this no one's gonna die type of a thing. I think that's what he <laughs> yes. said. It's okay. No one's gonna die. Yes. And 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 that's just you gotta think about that sometimes. Even when things are 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 just not going right on set or maybe that day or two prior to the shoot, I'm so stressed out. Yes. Those are the things that I try to hopefully I'll remember that hey, it's okay. No one's gonna die. Or my wife, you know, Joe, it's, it's like how long you been doing this? You you got this. You're you're <laughs> gonna be fine. And you know yeah. what? You know, knock on you know, knock on wood. Is this the wood? It is wood. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Knock on wood. It it always does. It always does. And usually that day, 
you know, that let's say I'm driving back from the, from the shoot that day and I'm, and I, I, I'm now that the shoot's over, I'm whatever. I'm like, man, what was I worried about? Yeah. I know, I know why prior, but right. man, it all, it all yeah. worked out It all worked out. What's your favorite part of your job? I, I really love being behind the camera, hmm. being behind the viewfinder, uh, being the one that helps to frame up and find those shots. Um, I'll bring this up, and I know I know they recently changed it, but I'm very very proud uh, that I'm a member of the SOC, the Society oh, okay. of Camera yes. Operators, mm-hmm. you know, out of Los Angeles. And I know they recently changed their motto, uh, but their their motto um, for the longest time was "We see it first. Hmm. and that's so cool. You know, because as the camera operator on set, you know, the one looking through the viewfinder and framing it up, you know, yes. they're the one finding and seeing that shot. Yeah. Now with technology and, you know, video villages or certain things, they actually change that because now if there's Other people are five or six monitors going on at the same time as he or she is framing up the shot, that's why they changed it. But again, you're asking, yeah, I, I, I love being the one behind that camera and, and framing up and lighting and, and doing the you know, doing, doing that part of the work. I, I really love it. Just coming up and, and just, just making beautiful shots, making things work, but also just what we said too. I, I love that satisfaction at the end of the day, going home and say, man, whether if myself or if I have, you know, uh, another crew member or two in the van with me and we can talk about the day, what went great, maybe what went not so great, but Especially those days when we really had a good shoot, yeah. And man, we're like, wow, that really went well. Or the client's so happy. Uh, or I love when we get fantastic feedback. Or I, oh, I, I go crazy when we get um, feedback via email. I love when okay. I get these really yes. nice complimentary, these nice emails. Uh, especially when it's like, you know, my, maybe my clients involved, others are involved. Like, oh my yes. gosh, you know, Joe and the crew, fantastic job. You know, you guys were wonderful. You were professional. You know, our, our, our client could not be more happy. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And we look forward to working with you again in the future. Man, that's, there you go. That makes what I, what I do worthwhile. And I, I assume that would in any job. Yeah. You know, so again, it's, it's that satisfaction of doing good work and being, being, being recognized for yeah. good work. That you do good work, yeah. you're passionate about it, and you know people are like, "Yes, you guys, you guys did well." So finding the frame, uh, yeah, I totally identify with that. You know, we come in and have to usually find what we feel is going to be the best shot rather quickly. Yeah, get and then start getting that equipment set up and get that shot lit and get audio and everything ready to roll as as soon as we possibly can. Yeah. Now again, I don't like to be rushed. And hopefully I will not let a client rush me. There's that balance that you have to have to to hopefully get what you need done and get enough time to get yeah. it done, but also not upset that client because right. they think you're taking too long. Right. You're wasting their time. You're wasting maybe their budget or right. maybe they have, you know, the client's client, you know, is has... 15 minutes to, you you have to you have to go so it's a combination of productivity and mm-hmm. and sort of picking up those gems like I, that's how i feel yeah. when i'm getting good shots like i feel like it's like you're discovering hidden treasure or something yeah. you know because you see something there that not everybody did you know and that's really rewarding and yeah. and it also sounds like success of the team is really rewarding to you like yes. when you get those nice emails or the the things like that and i think you know, finding good shots and enjoying the success of the team, that's pretty much quintessentially what filmmaking and the satisfaction of filmmaking is yes, about. Yes, I think, they say, in you know, there's ways. like they say, you know, there's no I in team. And of course it's great when you're surrounded by good a good team, good people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the secret to, you know, almost any the success of almost any business, mm-hmm. including what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I work with lots of different people, um, but I think you'll find that even in, amongst my my pool of the folks that I work with, you generally are working with a very tight yeah. group of people. I think the film and television community itself is a small world. It's, yes. it's quite amazing. But um, 
even the folks that I hire, my subcontractors, you know, I do try to spread it out. You know, you do want to mm. spread the wealth, as they say, and kind of keep, you know, keep keep your your list of contacts as big as possible. But right. I think what seems to happen, and I know it happens for me, is you find you cherry pick those folks that you just every that 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 click that work best for you. So, you know, you work with the same few, you know, audio technicians, you know, hair and makeup artists, uh, other camera operators, what, you know, what have you. It's, it's that same team. So when I know that when we go into, you know, go onto a shoot, onto a job, I have a team that, you know, not only do they know what they're doing, they're, 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 they're skilled people, but you work with each other, over and over and over and over again, you know, you seem to, it's almost like we can speak to each other without speaking. We know there's habits. Um, The guys that work with me, same thing. They they know probably what I'm going to say before I say it. Uh, Joe likes this, Joe likes that, or I can, I um, trust is a huge thing. So I can walk into, especially if we have a small crew, we walk into a job, what we're bringing the equipment in, I can be talking to the client and I can give some very simple, quick instruction to maybe a couple, two, three crew members. And they're already starting to set up equipment and rough things in for me. Yeah. And I can trust them that they're going to do that and get it, you know, what, what I, what I need it to be. Well, I'm taking care of that client. And this goes back to what we were talking about early on that relationship and, you know, really, working with that client and understanding, you know, making them feel comfortable knowing that I'm there for them and we're going to do a great job for them, you know, and that to, to understand what they want to get out of this. Okay. Well, we have, um, I think we've hit most of what I was hoping to talk about. Um, I always like to give people sort of an opportunity for any, uh, final words of wisdom or anything like that. Words of advice from Joe Piscitelli. Yeah. (laughs) So, Reach out to others. Uh, I am sure you, you, many times, the door might get slammed in your face mm. or people will not return your email. They will not return your phone call. Um, but keep going. Yeah. Keep knocking on doors. Keep sending emails and voicemails. Eventually, um, guys like myself, there are guys, girls like us who will, when they have the time, um, be happy to speak with you and hopefully what I can give them I always like to tell them I think is like you know a million dollars of advice yeah. and say you know it's and it's, it's some of the some of the things you've always heard and I know we've gone through this earlier too it's not just what you know it's who you know but where I like to take it now it's that it's that it's also it's that it's just that relationship I mean you could be you could be very very skilled at what you do but if you're not a people person, if you're cocky, you know, yeah. arrogant, uh, again, I think you're only going to go so far. Yeah. Um, but don't ever give up. Um, like I said, when you're green, you're growing. I know we mentioned we've already gone through some of these things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I think if you truly are skilled and are passionate and can show it, I think we talked about this earlier. The cream will the cream will rise. People, hopefully, you'll get the attention. You will. If you have to keep at it, you will. Hopefully, one day get the attention of that right person that will take you under their wing, or that door will open. That opportunity will happen, and then you just have to be ready for it and go for it. Uh, especially the younger ones, the young, the younger uh, again, the twenty somethings. We always say, I was there. Um, hopefully. You know, you have as much free time, freedom. You know, you're not tied down. It's. I think it's. I think it's harder to get into this business or get back into this business. I've seen when you're older. Mm. You know, I know folks that are again late forties, whatnot, uh, early fifties, who just want to get into this business, or maybe they did go to school for this, did it for a while, and then unfortunately, for whatever reason, got out of it, and then now maybe the spark is back and they want to try. I'm not saying they can't. Many of them have done it, uh, but I think it's harder when you're older. Mm. Um, yeah. Again, financial responsibilities, um, family, all these different things, it's harder. When you are teens, 20s, Hopefully, maybe living still, you know, um, mom, dad, 
have a roof over your head, don't yeah. have all that major, major financial responsibility, take advantage of that. That's also, I believe, what helped me, you know, get where I, get what I, you know, have today too, is I was able to, you know, live luckily rent free, very few expenses, able to go to school, freelance, low pay, no pay jobs, take every opportunity that I could, that came my way, um, allowed me to then invest in some equipment. And then, like I said, you know, just, you know, um, keep going to keep going down that road. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think that a lot of times when you're a young person, you sort of see your age as a disadvantage mm-hmm. or your lack of experience as a disadvantage. And I'm not saying that that's not at all true, but I think in the film industry, uh, that that probably is an advantage. Yes. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, the people above you know, you know, if you're 21 years old and you just come out of, you know, film school or just going to be getting out regardless of maybe what natural ability you have they know you're only going to have so much experience right um and and like and we talked about this too you know don't come off and or say the wrong thing at the wrong time don't be mr know-it-all mr cocky i mean that's that's not going to get you anywhere um but they know that they know yeah that those first positions for you are going to be you know production assistant or an intern or you know whatever department you're going to be those are the jobs that are going to be for you Take them, take it with a smile on your face. Do yeah. a great job. You know you you'll work your you're gonna you're gonna work your way up. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's no way you're gonna come in, at, you know. Oh, hi, I'm you know I'm 22 years old. I just got a film school, but yes, I'm gonna be the next big. I'm gonna DP your your shoot, and I have, you know, no, you're you. you you don't you don't have 20 years of experience you're barely 20 years old you yes. know what you know what i'm saying it's just like <laughs> yeah. they, they they get that i think another advantage that young people have that may, they may not realize is a lot of times people like to hire people that they can when you're young you're more plastic you're mm-hmm. more uh you're more moldable into a, a, a work style or a, a sensibility or a skill set and when you get older, you tend to get more set in your ways. And a lot of times the ways that you get set in your ways are actually good things because mm-hmm. you've learned how the world works and you develop oftentimes a little bit more um, social sophistication and things like that. You you get a little better at social awareness mm-hmm. and things like that. But but I think young people definitely do have a certain advantage as far as that they they are still open to a lot more change, I mm-hmm. think, than older people are. Absolutely. And, you know... The situations and, and opportunities that that come you know to come before you, um, again, a lot of the work you're going to do is going to be low pay and we call low pay no pay, either low pay or no pay work. Uh, you'll be you know helping out whatever. Um, I we I could spend you know an hour here telling you stories uh, about things experiences that happened to me or good friends of mine back you know again when we were in our twenties of you know being taken advantage of or you know the all, yeah. all all the bad side of of the industry and stuff we feel like being used and abused mm. you know um, but I, I I do think part of that is a good thing I I think it really does you know teach you like you said you kind of get that street smarts about it you learn whereas if you're older um you know now i can smell sometimes when a job or an opportunity doesn't always seem right yes you know i i can approach you with more caution i also now and i think this is this is this is a really good thing i care what people think about me but yet i'm also now old enough to I can be vocal and and say to a prospective client, to a prospective shoot, I can say no, or I can tell them or ask them for what I want. Uh, I'm not just going to be, you know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, blah, 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 and be pushed around, be stepped on, um, or possibly be taken advantage of. Right. I mean, many of, many of us, I mean, even me, and again, knock on wood, it's been, it's been probably over 20 years since I've gotten, you know, stiffed on a shoot. I've known folks even you know other companies that have been stiffed on you know you know umpteen thousands of dollars you know mm-hmm. for work like that it, it, if you're older or the, depending on the amount of money or the, or, or the business they could be devastating to you you know to yeah. to for something like that to happen um i think when you're younger it's a little bit easier you know um to if to 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 take jobs like that or take more risk 
Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the greater risk, the greater reward. Yes. Uh, but yet, you got to know what you can bite off. Uh, like I said, I think for me, I, I'm fortunate enough now, I said, with experience behind me to, again, I just said this to sniff out if I think something's not right or a bad deal. Doesn't mean I, I'm never going to get stiffed again, but uh, you learn about stuff. You learn about contracts. You learn about you know asking for money up front or being careful how deep you get into a particular client, how how much, how deep you know financially you get in. If all of a sudden this client's owing me you know, job after job after job after job and then checks aren't coming in, but they still keep asking me, oh, can you do this job next week and this job next week? I'm like, well, wait a minute now. You guys haven't paid me for the first five jobs. What's going on here? When right. you're young, you don't think about that. All you see is they're calling me back. That's another job. It's another shoot. I have to do it. I have to, you know, I, I can't say no. Well, I get that. You know, we were all there. And sometimes even myself, I'm like, I don't like telling clients no. I always want to be yes. It's it's very hard for me. Um to say no to a client. But now I think the only time I really say no to a client is if I'm already booked that day. I can't be there that day. And that's still yeah. hard. Let's say I'm booked on a job on Friday and someone else calls me up. Hey, Joe, are you available for Friday? Well, no, I'm not. And unfortunately, at least for the type of work that I do, usually if I'm not available the day they need me or days they need me, unfortunately, that usually means they're going to move on to find yeah. another crew. Right. Uh, if I can ask for some flexibility there or possibly even put one of my another crew that's going to work under me on there that's a, that's a great opportunity uh, but usually it means i'm not available however here's the thing i hate doing that but people have told me you know what if you're always available every yeah, time everyone either. calls you it's kind of like man do, do you ever work because every <laughs> time i call you every single time i call yeah. you you're always available I'm, and i don't think they're ever going to actually tell you that right. but you wonder in, in the back of their mind are they thinking that like man you know this is really great i get joe all the time but man i, I could call this guy and every single day he's available yeah. so it, it, it that, i think that, that's a negative yeah, I think and, it's okay to tell yeah. people no sometimes. Not, that, not on purpose, but, you know, they're thinking, okay, you know what? This guy's in demand. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, you know, I've, I mean, if I, I, I'm going to tell a brief story, which is going to, you know, don't feel like this is my general experience, but I've had situations where I've been, I've not been available mm -hmm. and uh, they've been willing to, re they've been willing to reschedule to a time when I was yes. available because they wanted me on the shoot that much. And Absolutely. That's, that's the best of both that, worlds. Uh, man, and I'm telling you, that is, that's phenomenal. Um, that does not happen to me often, but I, I will, I will. Me neither. Yeah. But, but when I, it does, it it's does. Great. And I'll tell you, and that, that is, so, so a little bit on that, uh, that point, I do have a handful of clients and this this is this is this is when you know that you really have a good relationship with with your client is when they contact you and say hey we have a shoot or you know a day or dates coming up whatever next week month in the future what's your availability looking like yeah. So when they're asking me what my availability is looking like, or hey, um, 18, 19, 20, uh, all three, one, uh, what's your availability those three days looking like? Can you, I mean, I, I just yeah. need one. Can to you where get, they're thinking of you. They're thinking of you. In the planning, yeah. Um, unfortunately, or at least for me, it's pretty rare. Hmm. Uh, I have always found that being an you know, like providing, you know, uh, independent film and, you know, video product, you know, video production services, um, one another negative is we are the crew we are unfortunately one of the last things to be considered when it comes to scheduling um obviously it's the client it's talent it's location yeah. those are the ones that are going to be booked first usually crew equipment things like that were unfortunately the last to be booked because even though they may want to call you use you they have several people probably, yeah that they they'll and, yeah. And, yeah they'll okay you're not they'll move on to the next and that that's yeah. the unfortunate part of it and that is something i do have to deal with um again on a regular basis you know if, if i'm not if i'm not available well this has been a fountain of good <laughs> wisdom and information and uh, man i just Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come in. So thanks for contacting me. This is cool. I yeah, I, sure. I I know 
I know you're going to be driving away in your mobile <laughs> studio here, which is awesome, by the way. I, hopefully, you're going to put a couple of photos of this up on. You know, I don't know if, how you do that on. Yeah, site I, or I something. haven't released it, but I will. This is I pretty will do cool. That. Yeah, you might. I might need to. I ask your permission after me. Took a couple of photos, and maybe I'll post them yeah, too for, for sure. you if you want. Um, but no, thank you. I, I just hope you're not going to drive away saying, "My God, that guy can just talk, 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 talk." <laughs> Well, you have so much good stuff to share. It'd be a shame if you didn't talk no, with all the good stuff you no, have to I, say. I, I appreciate it. No, you've been fantastic too. And I, I really hope that if we can inspire um, even just, you know, one young, you know, filmmaker or, you know, camera operator, writer, producer, it, just to inspire one or two students here, obviously, you know, you want to reach for as many as you can. But if we can do that and continue... Um, the passion for our craft to go into the future. Uh, if we can inspire just that one person to keep going and continue where we left off, then I think that's that's what this is all about. Yeah, I mean, we can't do this forever, and there are people that were before us, and there are people afterwards. Right. Um, and there you go. Yeah, just uh, stick with it. Be passionate. Don't ever give up. Well, that's, I can't think of a better way to end than that. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. So I don't know if there's much I could add to that. Uh, I think of all the interviews that I've done, uh, this one may be kind of the best uh, playlist of greatest hits of advice for young people and those interested in a career in filmmaking or video production. So yeah, stick with it and uh, stick with Pictures Up. We'll see you next time on the podcast. 